Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 26 of season 4 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. The Old Gold Comedy Theater ran from October 29, 1944 to June 10, 1945 on NBC Radio and was, obviously, sponsored by Old Gold Cigarettes. The show basically copied the format of the popular Lux Radio Theater, and it was hosted by Harold Lloyd, the former silent film star. The show featured scripts adapted from successful comedy films of prior years and a great cast of actors. Lloyd had a fear of the microphone and he practiced extensively before the first show in an effort to get the hang of it. As the season progressed, you can hear him becoming more relaxed and less forced, and it is commonly believed that he would have eventually mastered the hosting job if the show hadn't been canceled after one season. There were a total of 32 shows produced, of which 30 survive to this day, the majority of which come from the Harold Lloyd estate. Now sit back and enjoy the October 29th and November 19th, 1944 broadcasts of the Old Gold Comedy Theater. From Hollywood, California, the makers of Old Gold Cigarettes present The Comedy Theater, the only radio program that brings you every week the greatest stars in the greatest comedies. Tonight's play, Vivacious Lady, starring Lee Bowman and Linda Darnell. And here is the director of the Old Gold Comedy Theater, Mr. Harold Lloyd. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. All right, cast, on stage, everybody. Everyone here? Fine. Now, let me see. Hmm. Uh, do any of you boys know what leptosporangiate means? Not me. I can't even say Never heard. Uh, certainly. Breaking down the etymology of the word, we have lepto, meaning delicate, spora, meaning seed, angiate, a case or vessel, that is, leptosporangiate, a seed case which forms from a single delicate cell. Oh, Fine. Good for you, Lee Bowman. You play Peter Morgan III. Well, that's swell, Harold. But what has leptosporangiate got to do with it, and why Peter Morgan III? Uh, just a little tight casting, Lee. You see, Peter is a professor of biology at Old Sharon University, where his grandfather, Peter I, was president, and where his father, Peter II, is now president, and where you, Peter III, uh, may be president someday. Wow, a dynasty. And how? Now, uh, Jack Edwards, Jr., you play Peter's cousin, Keith Bester. Thank you, Mr. Lloyd. Uh, is he a professor, too? Uh, oh, no. He's the black sheep of the family. Oh, more typecasting, huh? <laughs> well, no, he's not really bad. He just has a couple of bad habits. He has? Yes, he likes uh, whiskey and uh, pretty girls. I do. So, uh, <clears throat> about twice a year, he runs off to New York and goes on a spree. 
That's uh, where you come in, Lee. Your father, President Morgan II, sends you to New York to bring Keith back to Old Sharon. Is there a girl? Is there? Oh, boy. Take a look. Oh, she's wonderful. Who is she? Uh, Francie Brandt, a nightclub singer, played by Linda Darnell. Oh, Harold, I, I think Lee's wonderful, too. <laughs> uh, you see, Peter, you've been all over New York for Keith. And uh, finally, you find him in the nightclub where Francie sings. Excuse me, mister. That's okay, bud. Excuse me, a, a waiter. Where did Mr. Bester go? In there. He said for you to sit down at his table and wait. Oh, thanks. Excuse me, sir. Can I get through here? Oh, I'm sorry. What happened? You knocked over the wine cooler. I'm awfully sorry. That's Mr. Bester's table. Thank you. Oh, oh, uh, how do you do? Well, I was doing all right until you came in. Where's Keith? Uh, why, uh, uh he'll, he'll be right back. What's the matter? Uh, nothing, nothing at all. I, uh, you're the girl he, uh... uh... that's right. Do you mind if I sit down? No, no. Well, thanks. Say, just what was the idea of trying to kill my song? Oh, oh, you're the girl who was singing. Oh, I'm sorry. You see, I, I knocked over the wine cooler. Oh, well, that's okay. Some drunk does it every night. Oh, uh, I'm not intoxicated. No kidding. No, it's, it's only that... Well, when I was small, my, my father was driving along one day, and he, he didn't see me in the street. He was a bit absent-minded about small details, and he ran over me. <laughs> it wasn't serious, but it was a blow. Well, that's the way I feel now. You mean like you'd been hit by a truck? Yes. Yeah, that's it, exactly. <laughs> are, are you and Keith good friends? No, I'm his cousin. <laughs> My name is Morgan, Peter Morgan. Mm, I'm Francie Brent. How do you do? How do you do? Uh, Mr. Morgan, Mr. Bester told me to tell you he'd gone back to the hotel to pack and he'd meet you there. Oh, he did, did he? Fine. Oh, I'm awfully sorry, but, but maybe... Uh, well, what I mean is, are you by any chance hungry? Oh, I'm starved. Well, then will you... Uh, I mean, uh, can't... Can, well, would you... Well, yes, but not here. Confidentially, the food's terrible. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, I, I don't come to New York often, so uh, maybe afterwards I can take you around and show you the town. Well, swell. Let's get going. Going already, Francie? <laughs> yes, I'm going out to see New York. J uh, to see... Hey, waiter. Wait, has the guy at my table gone? Oh, yes, Mr. Bester. He's gone all right. Good work. Did we ever get rid of him? Oh, boy. Hey, where's Francie? She went with him. Oh, boy. Huh? Yeah, he's showing her New York. Oh, boy. Yes, this is Harold again. Peter Morgan III, a professor of biology at Old Sharon University, went to New York to rescue his cousin Keith from the clutches of a nightclub singer and ended up taking her out to show her New York and how he showed her New York. It took her, he took her for a long ride on the top of a Fifth Avenue bus, and then they went for a long walk in the park. 
When they got home, it was dawn, so he took her out to breakfast. Now it's the next night at good old Penn Station, and the train for old Sharon is just pulling out, and Peter is with Keith in the smoking room. Keith, wake up. Listen to me. I'm married. Good. Huh? To whom? To a girl. Well, that's nice. Some people would say it's a miracle, but I know it's just chemistry, of course. Anodes attract cathodes. Hmm, how cozy. We saw one another, and our chemicals started to work. I finally came to the conclusion that she was the most wonderful girl in the world. Poor cathode. What a name for a girl. Her name's Francie. And look, you'll have to sleep here. We're using your drawing room. I'm taking your ticket. Good night. It's all right. Hey, Francie, that's my girl. Hey, wait a minute, boss. Wait a minute. Take it easy. Lots of other fish in the sea. I don't want any fish. I want a girl. You... Drawing room A. Here it is. Frightened, darling? No, I, I'm never going to be frightened again. I've got you to lean on. Well, I, I've always tried to be a strong man. In a conservative way, of course. <laughs> going to carry me over the threshold? Of course, my darling. <laughs> there. E- easy, does it? Here we are. <laughs> yes. Yes, here you are. Oh. Huh? Oh, I, I beg your pardon. That's all right, buddy. I know just how it is. Just how is it? Oh, shut up. <laughs> uh, isn't this drawing room A? That's right. No, but our tickets say we have drawing room A. Yeah, so do ours. Here, take a look. Well, George, aren't you going to do something about this traffic? Now, look, dear. Why don't you be a nice girl and keep quiet before I pin your big ears back? You hear that? You're a witness. I wish you had a mother to go back to. Say, uh... I'll bet when you grow up, you're going to be a nasty old man. Hey, you. What are you doing? I'm getting undressed so I can go to bed. Oh, uh, well, uh, then uh, come on, Francie. We'll sleep in the lounge car. By all means. Well, here we are. All off rule, Sharon. <laughs> Uh-oh, there's your father, Peter. Hey, he looks kind of calm. I thought he'd be a little bit excited when he heard you were married. I haven't told him yet. Oh, fine. Well, save me two seats on the 50-yard line. Well, I, I thought I ought to prepare him a little. You know how excitable he is on the telephone. Oh, why limit him? He throws a fit almost any place. Uh-oh, sounds like I've walked into something. Oh, you're bound to be a bit of a shock to him, darling. And he's so excitable sometimes, I, I thought I ought to break it to them kind of gently. Don't you see? I understand, sure. Keith will take you over to the Martha Gregory apartments and find you a place to stay. Then tonight he can bring you to the prom. Dress up and be just as beautiful as you are. When they see you, they're bound to fall in love with you. Then we can tell them everything. (laughs) Yes, darling. Only I don't know why I should be such a shock. Do you, Keith? (laughs) You don't know Peter's father. Oh. Oh, you run along with Keith, darling. I'll be over to see you later. You get off first. All right, dear. Come along, Keith. Well, say, the old man doesn't look so ferocious. Who's the girl with him? Who's... Uh Uh-oh. That would be Helen. Oh, there's Peter. Peter, darling. Oh, uh, um, hello, Helen. And, uh, who is Helen? Oh, just someone Peter's engaged to. Engaged? Why, he's a bigamist. Well, just in the second degree. You see, Helen's something the old man thought of. Come along. 
Now, wait a minute. I've got to give her the once-over. After all, I don't want my husband engaged to just anyone. I know, but I didn't expect you to allow him to bring her now, home Father, with him. I can explain everything. Oh, don't you. worry, Peter. I know it wasn't your fault. He's allergic to redheads. Every time he gets near one, he breaks out in a rash. Uh, just a minute. Keith, will you, uh, wait here just a minute? Oh, uh, Professor Morgan. Yes? I, uh, just mustn't go away without saying goodbye and thanking you for everything. I had such a wonderful time, all I have to do is think of it and I break out in goose flesh all over. Uh, do you ever break out, Miss... Uh, Miss... <laughs> Not lately. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll always think of you, Professor, as, as my cousin... Really? Uh, uh, th thank you, Miss Brent. No, thank you. Goodbye. Keith, wait for me. Uh, I'm sorry, Francie. I, I saw you come in, but I couldn't get away from Helen. Oh, darling, I don't want to be old-fashioned, but uh, the way you were holding that girl while you were dancing... As a matter of fact, she was holding me... Look, uh, you sit right here in the patio. The, the folks will come in this way. Oh, that's it. Only hold up your head like, like you did the first time I saw you. There. Oh, that's perfect. Now you stay right there and, and wait. Okay, darling, but, but do hurry. I, I've got the shakes. Well, Miss Brent, oh, that's quite a pose. But I wouldn't try it in a high wind. You might take off. <laughs> Very funny, I'm in the aisle. <laughs> I wonder if you could stand the shock of my saying that I dislike you intensely. Well, dear, when I have the time, I'll sit down and brood over it. But right now, please go away. Not until I've had a few words with you. Peter and I are going to be married next month. Is that so? Yes, and in the meantime, he needs protection from a certain kind of woman. Oh, he certainly does. Are you going to leave town, or are you going to force me to scratch your eyes out? Oh, look, will you stop being a dope? Why, you... Well, that was a silly thing to do. Now I'll just have to hit you right back. Ouch! Why, you contemptible little nothing. Who do you think you are slapping me? Oh, why, you you do that once more, and I'll tear your hair oh, out. Quiet. Oh, this nerves. isn't nice at all. Oh, control I'll show yourself. you. I'll show you. You stop trishing me, you little tramp. I'll kill you for this. Oh, okay, sister, you asked for it. Ow, let my hair go. If you think you can come in here and ouch and do anything you want to. Ow, let go of me. Oh. Another, he's got another thing coming, and I'm just the one who can do it. Ow! Oh, you, you, you stuck me. She stuck me with a bar. Yes, Francie. Francie, Helen. Let me go. Let me go. I saw it. I saw the whole thing. Take that redhead out of here. Oh. Oh, Mr. Morgan. Now, Father, I can explain. Now, Take please, her don't. out of here. Oh, I hear voices. Oh, Mother. Dear. Mother. Oh. Oh, darling, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Mother, are you all right? <laughs> Mother. Quick. Someone get, get some smelling salts. She's fainted. Come on, Francis. Quiet, isn't it? Very. Oh, it's so nice to be alone. Yes, isn't it, darling? Oh, Peter, what are we going to do? Anybody'd think I wasn't your wife, including me. If ever a girl felt unmarried, I do. 
Uh, look, darling, do you think your father might be cooled off enough so that we could tell him? Oh, I'm going to try. He's making a speech at the university tonight. I'll catch him there so he can't yell too loudly. <laughs> well, it's been a whole week since that fight. And this is the first time we've been alone. Hey! Hey, you two over there! What do you think you're doing? What? Oh, oh, hello, officer. Well, you better make it good. It's against the law to hold necking parties on the side of a public highway. Now, what have you got to say for yourself? Nothing. That is... Look, look, officer, wait a minute. You've got to understand. Make it good. We've never had a chance to tell anyone before, but... Well, you see, she and I are, are married. Oh, you are, are you? Yeah. Then why don't you go home? <laughs> Yes, this is Harold Lloyd again. Peter and Francie are desperate. Imagine it yourself. Married for a whole week and never having a chance to be alone together. They've made several efforts to tell Peter's father about their marriage. But every time, something happens. Francie got into a fight at the prom with Helen, who had been Peter's fiance. His mother had a heart attack, and his father was fit to be tied. But Peter has determined to make one last effort. He goes to the university and catches his father just as he is going into the assembly hall to make a speech. Father, you, you'll have to listen to me for a minute. I tell you I haven't got time. Later. Dad, listen. I said later. Dad, you, you've got to listen. Francie, that girl, she's not Keith's girl. She's my wife. What did you say? I said that girl is my wife, and I, and I might add, she's the finest wife a man ever had. Are you mad, Peter? Completely. And I hope it's a permanent condition. I won't have you throwing your life away. It's my life. While you're a member of my faculty, you'll do as I say. Well, then consider me no longer a member of your faculty. What are you two shouting for? We can hear you in the auditorium. Father, are you all right? I'm all right. It's this boy. Peter, what on earth is the matter? I'm glad you're here, Mother, and you too, Helen. Be quiet. You know your mother has a weak heart. I won't be quiet. I've been quiet long enough. Oh, 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 Mr. Morgan, what's the matter? Uh, You've done it again. Get some water. Get a doctor. Get somebody. Who is it? Who's there? It's me, Francie. Peter. Where are you? On the fire escape. Outside the window. Let me in. Peter, for heaven's sake. What happened? What fell? Oh, just that Murphy bed. The maid calls it Walter because it's like her husband, always falling down. It even, <laughs> fell, it even fell down once when I just closed the drawer of the desk. Here, I'll, I'll help you put it up. Oh. Thank you. Francie, why couldn't you talk to me on the phone? I, I've got to talk to you. And that, that, that man downstairs, he wouldn't let me come up in the elevator. Peter, it, it won't do any good to talk. I... I've made up my mind, darling. I'm going back to New York. Well, let's stop a little while and talk it over anyway. Oh, Peter, I, I can talk much more lucidly with you over there. If you go, I'm going with you. No, Peter, there, there's your work and your mother to think of. I was just ready to go. The train leaves at four. I can't go back down right now. There's a policeman standing down on the corner. Well, he, he may have gone. I'll look and see. 
There are two of them now. Oh. Walter didn't fall down that time. No. Well, I, I guess you'll have to stay for a little while. Yeah, I guess I'll have to. Where does that door go? Closet. Are you sure you haven't left anything? I'd better take a look. Nope. Nothing here. Walter's still up. Uh, try the desk drawer. I mean, uh, I... I think I left some books in the desk. Will you return them for me? Certainly. I couldn't keep just one, could I, Peter? Uh, why not? Well, will you autograph it for me? Please? What shall I write? Whatever you want to. Here, let me see. Francie, darling, I love you. Please never read beyond this page. Oh, Peter. Oh, Peter, darling, I can't go. Oh, now you're really making sense, darling. <gasps> Walter? Walter! <laughs> Shh! Um, who is it? It's Mrs. Morgan. May I come in? Mother, what'll I do? Well, you, you'll have to go down the fire escape, darling. Here, hurry. What do you suppose she wants? Well, we can't wait to find out. Hurry. All right, goodbye, darling. I'll see you later. Yes, yes, goodbye. Oh, hello, Mrs. Morgan. Please come in, won't you? Thank you. Since you know who I am, it uh, simplifies what I have to say. I found out everything about you and Peter. Oh, Mother, I, I'm so glad. You know, we've been frightened to death to tell you we were married. I begun to think I might lose him. I... I think if you don't mind, I'll sit down. You... You mean... You didn't know we were married? No, I didn't. This is the first I've heard of that. Oh, I, I'm so sorry. I wouldn't have blurted it out like this for anything. Oh, how's your heart? How do you feel? I think I... I'm going to feel fine. But your heart... <laughs> My dear, I only have heart trouble when it's convenient. When my husband... <laughs> When my husband raises his voice, it uh, saves such a lot of bother. Oh, no, that's wonderful. <laughs> Listen, I don't care who you are. Even if you are the president of the university, it's against the rules for men to come up here. Besides, why aren't you in school? I'm playing hooky. Well! <laughs> now, young lady. Mother! Well! It's, it's all right, Mr. Morgan. Mother knows about Peter and me. Oh, she does, does she? How chummy. Now, Miss Brent, you look like a practical young lady. Father, please. Don't interrupt. Miss Brent, just why did you marry my son? Because I love him. Huh? I want to be his wife. Marrying you means Peter is throwing away everything important in his life. In the end, it'll make you as unhappy as it will him. The simplest solution is a quiet divorce. If you insist upon being unreasonable, I'll be forced to ask Peter for his resignation. Father... You're not grading papers now, nor dismissing class. Come, Mother. I have to get back to the university. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come here. Go there. Thirty years I've had of it. All for good old Sharon, our alma mater. Laugh when you want to cry. If you laugh, don't laugh too loud. Don't wear a red dress even though you love red. It's too conspicuous. Love old Sharon. Love it even when it's breaking your son's heart. Coming, my dear. Coming. I'm going. <laughs> it's all right, Mr. Morgan. I am going, too. Thank you.
more tea, Francie. Thank you, Mother. Oh, this is wonderful. I feel so free. Yes, doesn't one feel free? New York's going to be so much fun. We can go where we want to. Do what we want to. Wear what we want. And no husbands to bother us. Or... Oh, Mother, you, 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 don't, you don't feel good about leaving. Oh, I know I don't, Francie. Well, as a matter of fact, neither do I. But what could I do? I, I just had to go through with it. Oh, Mother, it's all my fault. Oh, I... Now, don't you worry about me. You've got trouble enough of your own. Oh, heavens, what happened? Well, I, I can't imagine. Uh, just a minute, I'll find out. Uh, Porter, what happened? Uh, you ladies stay in your compartments, and don't worry. We just ran into a car to cross it. Oh, heavens, oh. was anyone hurt? No, ma'am, uh, there didn't seem to be nobody in it. Oh, well, that's good. Oh, by the way, Porter, you can make up our berths. I'm in the next compartment. Yes, ma'am, I know. Well, good night, Mother. Good night, darling. I see no necessity, Peter, for placing the car across the track and having it wrecked. Uh, the Porter said compartment C. Here we are. Father! Well, Mother, I've come to take you home. This nonsense... Oh! All right, Dad. Make your mind up. Which do you want most, Mother or the university? Don't be ridiculous. Dad, you, you weren't always like this, but it looks to me like when you grow up, you're apt to turn into a crab. Well, well, what would you suggest? That you forget everything but what your honeymoon was like. All right. Who's there? It's I. Go away! I was in that wreck. The train struck me. Oh, my heart. My heart. What the heck is going... Peter. Oh, Peter, how did you get here? Now, what sort of a honeymoon would this be without me? Oh, terrible, darling, but... Oh, uh, what about your father? <laughs> He's on his honeymoon. In there. Oh, oh, darling. Oh, uh, the sign say, ma'am, quiet as requested for the benefit of them who has retired. We're retiring, Porter. Mm. Come on, darling. This is Harold Lloyd, Linda Darnell, and Lee Bowman saying good night to you for Old Gold. And I hope you'll be with us again next Sunday when the Old Gold Comedy Theater presents Joseph Cotton in Clarence. See you then. Vivacious Lady was presented by arrangement with RKO Studios, producers of None But the Lonely Heart. We wish to thank 20th Century Fox Film Corporation for the appearance of Linda Darnell. Miss Darnell is currently working in the 20th Century Fox picture, Hangover Square. 
Mr. Lee Bowman appears through arrangement with Columbia Pictures and will soon be seen co-starred with Rita Hayworth and Janet Blair in Columbia's Technicolor production, Tonight and Every Night. This is Bob Williams saying goodnight for Old Crow. This is the National Broadcasting Company. From Hollywood, California, the makers of Old Gold Cigarettes present the Comedy Theater, the only radio program that brings you every week the greatest stars in the greatest comedies. Tonight, the Palm Beach Story, starring Claudette Colbert and Robert Young. Oh, I beg your pardon, Claudette. I thought that was in my script. Oh, that's quite all right, Bob. You've stolen my lines before. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, darling. It's just that my eyes, sometimes in this light... I know. You have double vision. That's right. Mm, I remember that time you tried to play both ends of the love scene and also the dog that was sitting on my lap. Well, now, wait a minute, will you? I... And then be the husband who came in and found us. Listen, I... Uh, ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> Looks like I'll have to introduce myself. I'm... Oh, no, now you're almost as bad as Bob. Ladies and gentlemen, I have the greatest honor tonight of introducing to you for the first time on the air a man who has rocked the world with laughter, whose name is as familiar in Zanzibar as it is in Danesville, Ohio. The inventor of the horn rim spectacle, the director and host of the Old Gold Comedy Theater. He was born a number of years ago oh, in the no, town... Oh, no, 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 excuse me, Claudette. Hmm? Uh, now, I appreciate what you're saying, but... Uh... I'm really not running for the presidency. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Harold Lloyd. Uh, thank you. I'm delighted to be here, and thank you, Claudette. All right. Uh, now then, let's get down to business. Bob, in the uh, Palm Beach story, which we are doing tonight, you play Tom Jeffers. Claudette plays Jerry Jeffers. You and Claudette are married. Very broke and uh, having a little argument. Well, is that unusual? We find you at the beginning of the story browbeating your wife just because <laughs> a nice old man gave your wife $700. Huh, did a nice old man ever give your wife $700? Uh, we'll disregard that. Uh, Claudette, as uh, Jerry Jeffers, what did you do with that $700? Now, uh, don't answer if you don't care to. Well, I paid the rent and I paid the grocer and the insurance and had my hair done and brought this gold lame dress and had $14 left, which I saved for my husband. Isn't that wonderful? That's all very well, Jerry Jeffers, but there's just one little question you haven't answered. What question, Tom? Why? Why this alleged nice old man gave you $700? Oh, no reason. Is that so? No. He just... $700, just like that. <laughs> That's right. Oh, it was charming. You have no idea how it makes a girl feel to have a man say, here's my role, peel yourself off something nice. Is that so? <laughs> I, uh, suppose sex didn't even enter into it. Oh, of course it did, darling. Hmm? No, I don't think he'd have given it to me if I had hair like Excelsior and little short legs like an alligator. This is very illuminating. Well, you don't have to get so rigid about it. It was all perfectly innocent. Yeah. 
He was just a very nice, kind, rich, generous old man. Where did you meet him? <laughs> You'll die when I tell you. <laughs> well, go ahead. Kill me. <laughs> In the bathtub. <laughs> In the bathtub? Yes. Isn't that a scream? It's a yell. What were you doing in the bathtub? <laughs> I was hiding from him. Hiding from him? What kind of games do you play around here when I'm out? <laughs> How much water was there in the tub? Well, I was standing in it, you idiot. Standing in it? In my pink negligee. What's the matter with you? Well, now, look, he was just a funny little old man the manager wanted to rent our apartment to. And as I wasn't dressed yet, I hid in the bathroom. Then he walked in. Some people have no sense of privacy. What did he do then? Take a bath? No, he was just terribly sorry to hear we were losing our apartment. He said he'd been young and broke, too, a long time ago. And then he gave me $700 and left. And that's all? <laughs> well, I, I did kiss him goodbye. In the bathtub? On the cheek. <laughs> I half expected him to sprout some wings and fly out the window. Yes, it does sound like a fairy tale. So you just tell me where this kind, rich, generous old man lives, and I'll take him back his $700 and thank him... In my own way. I don't know where he lives, darling. I don't know his name or anything about him. And I don't think they'd give the money back. I mean, the grocer and the butcher and the drugstore. And you really couldn't blame them after they'd waited so long. Well, that's right. Rub it in. Oh, I didn't mean to. But it's such a wonderful feeling to have all the bills paid and be able to look everybody in the eye. Mm, I like that feeling. It's like a fresh start now that we're all paid up. This is much too expensive for you, Tom, although I know you just wanted it to be nice for me. Where would we move to? Well, I wasn't thinking about me. I, I just meant you. Huh? Look, darling, I'm no good for you. Honestly, I can't cook or sew or whip up a little dress out of last year's window curtains. I'm just a millstone around your neck. Just when did you get this idea? This afternoon? No, I've, I've had it for a long time. Now, don't you see... By yourself, you could live in a little room somewhere or even move in with your brother and pay your bills and maybe even get ahead a little. Yeah. Who would you be moving in with? Oh, well, that's no problem. You can always find a good provider if you don't care what he looks like. <laughs> I'm tired of being broke, darling. Oh, Jerry. Oh, no, no, no. Don't talk to me in that tone of voice. If you hadn't done it a long time ago, we wouldn't be in this mess. Jerry. What? Sit on my lap. No, no, no. Well? Sit on the arm of the chair, then. There, comfortable? Mm, I'll take your arm away. Well, can't I just hold your hand? Oh, I have a feeling this is all going to end very badly. It's all going to end very well. I've got a man interested in my invention. He's already got $50,000. And if we can just raise the other 49... I know, but they never raise the other 49. And, and then they go away, and then you start looking for a new one. But I'm bound to crash through someday. But I don't want it someday. I want it now while I'm young and can still laugh and dance and enjoy myself. Oh, darling, I'm sorry to tell you this, but men don't get smarter as they grow older. They just lose their hair. Thanks. No, you don't have to thank me. I'm not being so nice. Don't you see? I could be so much more help to you as a sister. Oh, shut up. Now, as your sister, if anybody wanted to go out with me, I'd naturally... Shut up. You just aren't practical. And it take your arm away. Oh, Jerry. Oh, stop it. Darling, something has to be done. The, the terrible trouble with us is that we're in love. Every time I try to be sensible, you, you put your arm around me and breathe Jerry in my ear and my knees start to turn to water. Jerry. I... Oh, shut up. Where are you going? 
Going downstairs to see if they have any cigarettes. Well, I'll go for you. No, no, I'd like to get out of the apartment for a while. It, it smells too much of love. Well, <laughs> what are you taking your coat for? The, the, the lobby's a little drafty. Oh, then why don't you let me go down for you? No, I want to go by myself. Tom, I'm in the phone booth in the lobby. Oh, what's the matter? Didn't they have any cigarettes? I didn't come down for cigarettes. I, I lied to you. Huh? I'm sorry. I'm, uh, darling, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to divorce you. But, Jerry, you can't get a divorce. They cost a lot of money. No, the next husband always pays for that. Oh, you have him all picked out, have you? Suppose I won't give you a divorce. Well, then, then I'll become an adventurous. Oh, will you stop talking like an idiot? I can just see you starting for China in a rowboat. No, you're thinking of an adventurer, dear. An adventuress never goes on anything under 300 feet with a crew of 80. Jerry, for heaven's sake, please. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, goodbye, darling. <laughs> And uh, so the curtain falls on... Hey, wait, wait a minute. What? That's not a cue for a sound effect. Uh, sound man, come here, please. Yeah, what do you want? Well, uh, I'm Harold Lloyd. I know your sister, Cella Lloyd. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait, now, never mind the jokes. Let's just get the sound effects right. Look, mister, I only got two hands. You guys don't care how many sound effects you write in. Why, in 20 seconds, I got to open and close eight doors... Break ten panes of glass, wreck two trains, make the sound of six guys walking with rubber heels on gravel, and if that ain't enough, before the story ends, I gotta lay an egg. Well, why be irritated? Uh, light an old gold. So, uh, Jerry Jeffers, you went to Palm Beach. How did you get there? It was really very simple. Any girl could tell you how to do it. You just stand in front of the gate marked Florida Special. You mean any pretty girl. <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, you're welcome. And uh, what do you say? You say you lost your ticket. And that your grandmother's dying of pneumonia, I suppose. To whom do you tell this whopper? I happen to tell it to the Ailen Quail Club, a group of rich millionaires who were going hunting. What were they hunting? Quail. Well, I could have guessed that. <laughs> well, frankly, yes. Uh, and did they treat you nicely? Well, I got there. Without mishaps? Without my clothes. What? Now, look here, young oh, lady. Oh, now, 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 will you stop misunderstanding me? I, I just happened to be in the car ahead to get away from Sweet Adeline and a little shooting when the conductor got a little irritated and disconnected the car. Oh, so you were left on the train without any clothes. Yes, all I had was a suit of pajamas. <laughs> oh, oh, well, <laughs> you had me a little worried there for a moment. And uh, then you met... John D. Hackensack of the third, the richest single young man in the world. What was he doing there? He was traveling in a lower berth. And how did you meet him? I stepped on his face. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Yes, sir. I've often wanted to myself. Well, he turned out to be a very nice young man. He bought me $38,000 worth of clothes in Jacksonville. Oh, he did, did he? Mm-hmm. And by the way, how did you know I'd gone to Palm Beach? Don't get off the subject. $38,000 worth of clothes. I thought those millionaires were very careful. He was. He wrote it all down in a little book. It was quite romantic, as a matter of fact. His yacht was beautiful. Oh, we're on a yacht now, are we? Yes, we yachted the last leg of the voyage. I suppose it was all very proper. Yes, he was a perfect gentleman. 
Yeah. Anyway, you're on the yacht with John D. Hackensack of the Third, who is no doubt gazing into your eyes. Tom, you have an evil mind. I told you, he's a perfect gentleman. Do you write everything you spend in that little book, Mr. Hackensack? Well, it isn't really as bad as it looks. It's just something I learned in childhood. It pleased my grandfather. I write it all down, but I, I, I never add it up. You know yachts are very dull. Yes, I can see what you mean. They are less dull, however, with you aboard. Well, thank you, Jackie. Please don't misconstrue what I said. I assure you that I didn't mean anything in any way out of the way. Oh, I trust you, Mr. Hackensack. Your trust is not misplaced, Miss... Uh, Mrs. Uh, Miss? Jeffers, Mrs. Geraldine Jeffers. Oh, yes, what a beautiful name. Uh, you have left your husband, I take it? That's right. You know, I really don't approve of divorce. Oh. Well, isn't the Princess Gentamelia your sister? I was afraid you'd bring that up. Hasn't she been divorced five times? No, thrice. She was annulled twice. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Did he beat you? Who? The brute you were married to. The... Oh, oh, <laughs> not often. No. A drunkard, I presume. Uh, not a congenital one or anything like that. Are you going to marry again or give up the whole distasteful idea? Oh, I might weaken again if I found the right man. I see. And what would he be like? Well, just somebody who was reasonably well-to-do so that I could give Tom the $99,000 he needs for his airport. You see, after all, he fed me and clothed me and was very sweet to me. When he wasn't beating you? Huh? Oh, he, he didn't beat me very hard, just normally. And if I could give him a sort of going-away present, I'd feel better about the whole thing. I see. I'm not quite sure that you do, but... You're protecting this man again. What? He wishes to sell you for $99,000. The man is a vermin. Of all the filthy things I've ever heard of, he should be incarcerated. No court of law would even... How does he want it? In cash, I think, would be nice. So I won't stop the check. And Dan, there is a name for such reptiles. Oh, I don't think he'll ever get it. It was just a kind of an idea. No, but I'll not sully the sweet ocean breeze by mentioning it. I'm not in the best of shape, but if I ever meet this Mr. $99,000 Jeffers... I'll thrash him within an inch of his life. Well, then I hope you'll never meet him. I suppose he's large. Well, he isn't small. Ah, this is one of the tragedies of this life. The men most in need of beating up are always enormous. And uh, so they came to Palm Beach. As they came up to the dock, Jerry noticed someone, a familiar face. She uh, turned to John D. Hackensacker III. Oh, wait and a minute, John. To... Wait, you wait right there. Tom, why did you follow me down here for anyway? Well, you're my wife, aren't you? You're making a fool of yourself, exposing yourself to all sorts of dangers that I promise to love, honor, and protect you from. Oh, look, don't you understand? I've left you. I'm not your wife anymore. You're not my husband. Oh, Jerry, darling. No, stop it. Don't put your arms around me. Oh, Tom, don't kiss me. Well, I must say you do know the best-looking men on the pier. Oh, oh, Princess, uh, the, this is the Princess Chantamelia, my brother, Captain McGlue. What? Uh, Captain, we should have met sooner. And if I'd seen you around, we would have. Uh, this is my brother, Captain Hackensacker. Uh, Captain uh, McGlue. <laughs> That's an odd name. Yes, isn't it? How do you do, Captain? I'm not a captain. That's my sister's joke because I own a yacht. <laughs> yeah, well, that's my sister's joke because I don't own one. Well, I'm very glad to meet you. 
Your sister didn't tell me that she had a brother here. No, I just dropped over and... Uh... And of course you're staying with us. No, no, no. We wouldn't want to inconvenience you. We'll go to a hotel. Inconvenience us? Bobo puppy. We practically run a hotel anyway. This will give the servants some exercise. Your uh, brother's a very fine-looking man. You know, you look exactly alike. <laughs> really? I, uh, I suppose he's married. No, 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 no. He, he's entirely free. Oh, you, uh, you don't tell me. Now, look here. Uh, I don't I... pay any attention to Maud, Captain. Her bark is worse than her bite. Yes, that's what you think, Snoodles. And now, Captain, you take my arm. Hmm? Why did you say you were Captain of? I didn't say a word about it. Oh, how wonderful it is meeting a silent American again. All my husbands were foreigners, and such chatterboxes. I could hardly get a word in edgeways. They certainly must have been. You know, Captain, I have a feeling that I'm going to like you. They make a handsome couple, don't they? Pardon? My sister and your brother. It would be nice if something came of it. Oh, oh, yes, wouldn't it? Be wonderful for him. The captain's a big fellow, isn't he? Yes, isn't he? You look exactly alike. Oh, yes, don't we? You know, people always tell us that. <laughs> I am not grousing. You are too, Bob. I am not. I'm being very reasonable. I merely want to know why the Captain McGlue of all the idiotic names. Because I want him to finance your invention for you. He seems to have something against my husband, but as my brother... I wouldn't allow him to finance a pack of gum for me. I still would like to know why I'm to be called Captain McGlue. But wasn't that your mother's name? What, Captain McGlue? Oh, really, Geraldine, her name was McGrew. Oh, well, I'm sorry, darling. I, I remembered it as McGlue. Well, what am I supposed to be captain of? A garbage scow? <laughs> Couldn't you have been a captain in the last war? Sure, I was 11 years old at the finish. <laughs> what about the Boy Scouts? Wonderful. I could go around building bonfires on the drawing room carpet. Oh, I'm, honestly, I'm sorry, darling. I really meant it for the best. Well, I suppose you did, but why did you ever do it in the first place? Because you had your arms around me. I just suppose this Captain Hackensacker, this uh, snoodle, ever put his arms around you? Of course not. Then yachts must have changed since the last time I was on one. That's what they build yachts for. Now, just a minute. What about your friend, the princess, that you're cutting such a groove with? Princess? And how did you get down here? I flew. Well, where'd you get the money? Same place you did. The cute little old man? Yeah, well, he isn't cute. He has a wart on the side of his nose. So he came back? Yeah, he rented oh. the apartment next door and came to see you. He wants us to get together again. Oh. Look, Jerry, don't you think we owe it to him? Just let me go out and poke snoodles in the nose just once. Yes? Excuse me for popping in. Uh, Mac, did you happen to bring a tuxedo with you? I did not. That's too bad. In the pinch, you can wear one of mine. I won't be here that long. Oh, that's too bad, old man. I wanted to get to know you better. However, I'm very glad that you showed up just when you did. So am I. Good. I needed a male member of Jerry's family. Well, you have him. Fine. Now, I have a certain thought. I have a certain thought also, and it's that bracelet you gave her. Mac. I'm very glad you brought that up. Uh, Mac is delighted with it, Snoodles. He shouldn't be. He isn't. Oh, Fine. Mac. The first bracelet that my sister got, I punched the fellow right in the nose. Well, I can see Look. we understand each other perfectly. Look, if I could trust you boys not to slug each other, I'd like to make an exit right about here. I feel like a bone between two dogs. Oh, we're going to get along all right together. Uh, you see, Mac, Geraldine's future and this little plan I have, which I had better discuss with you before bringing it on her. Well, that's mighty decent of you, Snoodles. You think so, really? <laughs> that would have delighted Grandfather. He always thought me something of an ass. 
Bright old boy, wasn't he? Oh, very, very. Look, uh, I think I'll be running along. Good. I have so much to say to your brother. And you have a lot to listen to. And I have so much to say to you at the dance tonight, darlings. Well, toodaloo. Pip, pip. <laughs> Isn't the music divine? I'm dancing on clouds. Oh, you have a nice little voice. Oh, thank you. I used to sing in college. With a mandolin? Uh, yes, but, but I wouldn't play it around the house. <laughs> Would you be around the house much? Not any more than you wanted me. I have an office, not that I do much in it. Say, perhaps Max would come and help me. Oh, that would be wonderful. You two could plan the airport together. What airport is that? Oh, the most remarkable invention you ever heard of. A suspended airport right in the middle of a city, stretched like a tennis racket. Really? You know, I might be able to help him. In fact, I will help him. Why not? You will? Of course I will. Uh, up to a certain point. How much will a working model cost? Ninety-nine... Uh, I mean... I mean $100,000. I think I'll be able to do it all right. Let's consider the model built. Oh, Snoodles, you're wonderful. You don't like to dance with me, do you? Hmm? Oh, yeah, yes, certainly. Well, then why do you let me flop around? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's better. What's Jerry's husband like? Who? Oh, just a flop. A big flop? Yes, any way you take it. Well, he won't be such a flop with $99,000. Noodles will give it to him, all right. What's this, about $99,000? That's how much her husband wants. You mean before he'll give her a divorce? Oh, I love you like this, with lightning flashing out of your eyes. Did she tell you that story? Why should we talk about that heel when you're here? Did she tell you that? Mm, the big muscle in your arm contracted and squeezed me deliciously. <laughs> Do it again. Now listen, I... No, no, you listen to me. I've got so many sweet things to say to you. You know, Geraldine, I, I've never been so happy before in my life. You, you freed me of a certain timidity from which I've always suffered. And now with you and Mac in the airport, I can see great days ahead, full of fun and everything. I'm sure of it, Noodles. Uh, uh, by the way, I have a little surprise for you later tonight, so uh, don't be surprised. Well, what is it? Well, if I told you what it is, then... You wouldn't be surprised anymore. <laughs> well, I wouldn't do anything too surprising if I were you, Snoodles. You never can tell how those things are going to turn out. I'm persuaded you'll be delighted. I certainly hope I will be. Yes, if, if you'll just leave your window open onto the balcony. Why, Snoodles! Oh, oh no, it's not what you think, really. When, when I climb, I get dizzy. So... You're a fast worker, aren't you? You've got a lot of nerve to talk. So you couldn't even wait a decent interval, you yes. and your princess. I hope you're very proud of yourself, Captain McBlue. Well, now, wait a minute. No, let go of me, you big pullover. I'm the one that has the right to... I know I'm an idiot, but I, I suppose it's when you've been fond of somebody for a long time. You, you shouldn't have come down here. You should have given me a little time to get used to the idea. Well, maybe I should. But you can't blame a man for trying to hold on to something that he loves. But he always has loved. And always will love. Oh, you're going to make me cry. Jerry. No, no, you're forgetting the airport. You're forgetting everything that counts. Jerry. Now listen to me just this once, will you? I've always done what you wanted, and it's always turned out to be a disaster. Mm -hmm. Oh, 
Good night, darling. Sleep tight. Your, your room is right through that door. Well, it seems funny sleeping with a sitting room between us. And the door's locked. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that. Well, nevertheless. Good night, dear. Well, what are you waiting for? Well, don't you kiss your brother good night? I don't know. I never had a brother. Well, you have one now. Well, don't be silly. In the world is that? Well, that must... Oh, it's that little surprise. Why, he's got a whole orchestra down there. Oh, oh, he shouldn't do things like that on a night like this. Oh, Jerry. Don't start that again. You really want it that way? Please, Tom, it has to be that way. There's no other way possible. Okay, I guess you know best. Good night, dear. I'm... I'm ready to get undressed. Yeah, of course. I'm just a brother. We're big children now. Yes, Good night. Okay, Jerry. Good night. Oh, Tom. Uh, huh? Just a minute. I I can't get this zipper in the back of my dress. Would oh. you mind before you go? Glad to. They're not making zippers like they used to. Nothing's like it used to be. Well, you'll have to come over here to the light. Yeah, is that all right? A little too high. Better sit on my lap. Well, now, I don't think... Oh, it's all right, sister. There, now. Now can you get it? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean anything when I kiss the back of your neck, like this. <gasps> no, nothing. When I squeeze you, like this. You know I'm ticklish. Or when I turn you around and kiss you, like this. Oh, Tom. Tom, this is costing us $99,000. Do you love me? It's costing us the airport and all your chances. Do you love me? Oh, it's useless and impractical and wonderful. Do you love me? Yes, darling. I, I love you. I love you. I love you. That's all I wanted to know. <laughs> Claudette, Bob, that was wonderful. It's a great story. But, uh, look, you haven't uh, told the audience what happened to John D. Hackensack III. Oh, he married my twin sister. And uh, the princess. She married my twin brother. Mm, well, that sounds simple, I, I think. But, uh, look, with all these twins running around, are you sure that you were married to the right partner? Well, of course we're sure. Or are we? Huh? Tune in Wednesday night on another network. Consult your newspaper for time and station. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for 